Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. We are back. It's episode 57 of The Bash. Um, me and Noel are separated by the Liffey today. We've, we've remained in our comfortable abodes, but we are nonetheless with each other and with you again this week. I'm on the to better talk side. All things. European MMA. In his opinion, he's on the better side. No, I every, agree I'd that. say nine out of ten people in, in Dublin would agree the south side is the superior side anyway. I don't know about superior, so definitely cleaner, but um, I don't know about superior. How are you anyway? Good, man, yeah. Disappointing weekend. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the show, but um, I suppose United sort of rescued it a little bit yesterday, but ah, listen, good weekend of mixed martial arts. Saturday night was uh, was a pretty uh, entertaining card to watch, so I'm, I'm not complaining, dude. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, no, all good. Obviously, I had a bit of trouble earlier last week, which we'll talk about again uh, at the end of the show. I know a lot of people are looking forward to hearing what happened there. Uh, but um, other than that, no, I'm I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, a little bit hungover, going to tell you the truth. But um, but uh, yeah, no, other than that, I'm all good. Just couldn't get the car today to get out to you, unfortunately, which is uh, very sad. But, um, you know, it's, it's nice for, for people like me to, to be in a nicer part of the world, even if it is for just a few hours a week, you know? Shut up. Just get on with the show. <laughs> Shut up. Get on with it. <laughs> right. Are we are we gonna are we gonna break down the news? We are indeed. I believe there might be a, a new edition making an appearance here today. Maybe there is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's get it I, on. I, I hope people like it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. You, you liked it. You, well, seem, you seem to like it. I loved it. I it's loved great. it. So uh, yeah, let's see what they think. And if they don't like it, fuck them. We like yeah, it anyway. So we're gonna keep it in. <laughs> this is number. Yeah. Well, here's the headlines. Um, Tom Aspinall, uh, Cage Warriors heavyweight, uh, teammate of Darren Tills at Team Cowbon, former uh, sparring partner for Tyson Fury, has inked a deal with the UFC just after two appearances with Cage Warriors uh, since he returned to the sport this year. Good going from Tom, eh? What you reckon on that, Noel? Big, big time. Um, I don't think anyone's really surprised. Um, you know, Darren's been big and up for a long, long time. We've seen the videos on Cage Warriors for ages of Darren talking about him. Um, so not surprising at all. And I think it's good for obviously UK MMA to to have a guy of his stature going to the UFC heavyweight division because they need the numbers, man. And it's uh, it's good. Like, how highly do you rate this guy, though? 
yourself i think i think like as a heavyweight he has uh you know he's a dual threat in the sense that he has knockout power and he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu so mm. i think that's a huge skill set to be bringing to, to to have going into that heavyweight division you know i think he can make big waves uh especially um if he's matched correctly against like unranked guys to start them off to generate a bit of hype so yeah i think he's definitely well able for it you know what do you think of the way they announced it it was a bit strange you know it it sort of took the light off darren maybe a little bit no. Yeah, yeah. It, you know what it kind of reminded me of when everyone started getting so, uh, signed around Connor. Yeah, you know, that, like it's like feeling. they have they have the like you know they, they're obviously they know they have a star in Darren, um, regardless of what how we feel about uh, that next matchup he has. But uh, he's definitely a star. And um, look, they what they want to probably come back to Liverpool, and why not have uh, Tom Aspinall join the likes of Molly McCann and, yeah. and Darren that are already so good there, you know? Yeah, get a few more spurs. Oh, he's on him anyway. I suppose it's, it's not a bad thing, really. At the end of the day, but uh, no, I'm excited, man. I, I really am. I think it's going to be good. Um, Aspen Lads' appeal for her loss to uh, Jermaine Durandamy was unsuccessful. That took place in, um, I believe it was California last week. It was. She, I think um, the big basis of the complaint is that uh, a men's contest would not be stopped as quickly as that. Um, the, the commission disagreed, but um, I guess a uh, good one from a European perspective that Durandamy keeps the win there. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. But um, it, it's a little bit strange um, in terms of, you know, we had a few issues there at the weekend. And I thought it, it, it made the commission in Boston. I know it's obviously a different commission than California. I'm just talking about general way cutting here. Um, and maybe we might chat about it later on in terms of the, the scales were definitely off last weekend. Yeah, you were t- you texted me about that as well. Nice. A lot of people coming in really low. You were saying, yeah, and uh, actually, Sean Brady said the scales were out in his Facebook page by two pounds. So, well. <laughs> like you know, when, when when you're getting that, and you know, there was people coming in two pounds under, and it, it was a bit strange. So I think, you know, that that shouldn't be happening, man. It really shouldn't at all. Maybe Manny Bermudez's yeah. coach was floating around with it beforehand because <laughs> he knew he was going to come in <laughs> yeah, heavy. Exactly, <laughs> probably was. That, that's what happened. These Boston lads, you know what I mean. Miles um, Price has finally uh, got a fight, and it's a big one. Yeah, I certainly think it's a good one. Miles uh, Price v Alfie Davis, book for Bellator yeah, London. Uh, what do you think of that one, Noel? I got to say, stand at I war. Mean, yeah, it's going to be a great stand up fight. But you know, Miles was kind of saying that he didn't think Kiefer, like you know, had a had a good enough you know name, good enough stock for him. I think Kiefer has more stock than Alfie Davis in terms so. of support. And uh, interest, uh, definitely. So, I mean, doesn't make sense in that sense, but it's still good to see Moyles booked and against uh, a well-known opponent, let's say. Yeah, I think it is it's it is good to see him booked, but I do agree with you in terms of, you know, is it really a step up from, from Queeley? Uh, I don't think so, but I would have liked to see the Kiefer fight and get get more, you know, eyes maybe on Moyles again and see if he can co- come out and, you know, I don't know how the you know the bookmakers would would, would see a fight between him and Kiefer going into it, but it would be uh, would have been great to see. But it's just unfortunate now that we're not going to see that fight because you know the shit talk between fucking you know Miles and the SBG guys has been great, and I think it's something. I, I'm not allowed to ask any, any questions about him anymore. Did you not see uh, Kiefer <laughs> oh, uh, after I asked him about it after his win? Oh yeah, he, ca- he called you. He he he, he slated Miles, didn't he? And he said he couldn't even speak. No, properly. no, he was given out to me for asking him um, <laughs> about Miles after his last win. But um, 
It would have been great, though, man. Like, I, I love these. Well, I mean, it may, like, even when he's given out to me, it makes people more <laughs> exactly. interested in it. So I'm like, mate, what are you you're shooting yourself in the foot here? Of course, <laughs> like, of course, of course say it no, does. I'm not interested in the fight. Exactly, you know? of course it does. You know, and we had the whole Joe McCulgan thing for ages with SBG as well, which was putting eyes on Joe as well, do you know what I mean? So it puts eyes on both guys. So, listen, I don't know. I think Alfie Davis is obviously a great fighter, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. But uh, I would have liked to see him maybe a bit of a, a bit of a step up again. Yes, yes. Uh, unfortunate news uh, for Irish MMA fans as Bellator Bantamweight Brian Moore reveals that he suffered another broken hand. Um, he's having some real trouble with that. It sounds like he had an issue with the plate they put into his hand and, and some things like that. Um, very unfortunate Brian Brian's had at the moment. And, um, Man, wish really, him all the best, it's, of course. It's, it's really worrying for Brian because he's broken that hand. I think in, in um, the fight against Noah Ladhat, he actually broke it in three separate places. So, you know, t- Brian had a few issues with that before as well, even before that fight. So it is, it's a worrying one. It's, you know, hand injuries have often end guys' career. So I just hope he can make a full recovery because Brian's a, a really, really fantastic talent and a guy I think we love to see, uh, you know, get in there and obviously brings a big crowd with him as well. Yeah, nice little fight booked for um, November 15th on that Brave 29 card, which we had uh, discussed last <laughs> week about this multi-weight tournament Stop. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Cordes and uh, Amir Albazi are also fighting on that card, which is a very good fight. But yeah. I really like this bantamweight fight, Dean Garnett v. Rani Sada. Yeah, um, really, really good. I mean, Dean, he's one, of, he's one of the most respected guys on the UK scene, and Rani was a dude that a lot of people thought was was heading straight for the UFC when he was uh, he was uh, competing with Bama back in the day, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And did Rani not get called in and had to pull out of a fight? Is is that am I talking shite when I'm I don't know that does that? sound that does sound familiar actually now that you mention it from um, a, from a I, European card and then I think there was weight issues or something to pull back off it and then he didn't get re-signed but yeah Ranny's a guy who's been around you know for a long 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 time and let's talk about Dean Garnett like you know what a talent he was obviously man he, when was the last time he fought was it ACB it's a long time yes, since Dean fought I anyway. do think it was in um, in ACB that he fought um, you know and he was going in against Savages I remember yeah, big time, um, man. but big like time. Guys that weren't really that well known to us over here, but like um, Anthony Leone, who had been a Bellator veteran, yeah. he, he took a loss to him. Um, Magomed Magomedov, um, big deal in Russia, he, he took a loss to him as well. But, um, you know, he he destroyed that guy, Michael Tobin. Remember mm-hmm. the Australian mm-hmm. guy that yeah. they were all getting really hyped about? He he went through him for a shortcut. And then he also got that split decision win over Dominic Wooding. So I mean that's that's a huge yeah, win as far as I'm concerned. Um, but D- Dean was the yeah, top, one I, of the top I, talents, you know, in the UK for a long, long time. People were going, "This guy is, you know, on his way to the UFC." And obviously, it hasn't worked out that way. But a fantastic fighter to watch, man, all round, really, you know, really well versed and, and some good sales get there. Skills, yeah, I just feel s- like ACB, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like with ACB, a lot of guys actually distance themselves from the UFC because, yeah. like, as as good as the money was. Um, as good as the the talent they had on them rosters, it just wasn't um a big deal here. You know, people like we were trying to get people interested in it, but it just wasn't happening. It just didn't it didn't garner that much interest. So I think even when you when you reflect on on Brendan's situation, I think yeah. like because he was competing in ACB, that just was so far off the the UFC's radar that they just. You know, they didn't really care that much. I, I think so. And I think, you know, you look at ACB as well, some of the things that were going on with the, the scoring system they had in place there and, uh, you know, amongst other things that it was off-putting people from actually watching the promotion. Um, so, yeah, listen, I totally agree with you. And I think um, as well, if there's actually a great documentary on, I don't know if anyone's ever watched it on Dean Garnett as well, like Wake Cutting one on BBC3. Brilliant. Uh, it's a yeah. fantastic piece of work. So so go check that out if you haven't seen it. And yeah, the man, listen, I love that fight. I think it's a really good one. And 
I'll certainly have my eyes on uh, on that fight card now with that addition. Um, just finally, there has been seven fights at the Cage Warriors Cork. Um, Ian yep. Gary will take on Figlak. Uh, McAleenan takes on Southwell. Uh, Eric Nolan v. Mitchell. Uh, Blagoy versus Manning. Fletcher v. Mulholland. Uh, Wood, Wutanya, what? I don't know how to pronounce that, v. Lawrence. And Akpan v. Maguire. But um, really, really good card that's shaping up to be. Obviously, Reese McKee against Hakan Foss at the top of that there. Um, Joe McColgan still doesn't have a fight announced, but uh, I do believe he's going to be on it as well. Shaping up very well for Irish fans that night, and I hope Love it. we will see a similar... You know, let, let's sell out the uh, the Neptune the same way as Bellator did in Dublin. I really hope that the Irish fans get behind us yeah. because when Cage Warriors is, a- is active in Ireland, it does amazing things. It starts creating that path. Irish fighters in the UFC and look we are seriously lacking fighters in the UFC yeah, at the moment definitely no, 100% and I think going back to its spiritual home as well in, down in Cork um, to be a big big turnout and yeah listen you know I think Reese is the guy that is um, most sort of likely at the moment to be picked up by the UFC if he can put on a couple two three more performances you know with that touch of debt with that left hand um, I think you know the sky is the limit for uh, Mr. McKee in terms of uh, him heading over towards the UFC yeah, I I couldn't agree more with you. And obviously, like a lot of people are really hot in Ian Gary at the moment. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a big thing for him Definitely. to be fighting at home as well. Definitely. Big time. Looking forward to it. Well, that's the end of our news roundup. Um, I just figured we would um, talk about um, Conor McGregor. Now, I know uh, as we are in Ireland, there is only so much we can talk about when it comes to Conor at the moment. But, um, you know, interesting, I felt, to see him... Obviously, we've been talking about the fact that, you know, as soon as you mentioned Edgar and that uh, Helwani interview, we yeah. were pretty sure that's the way he wanted to go. But then the next day, he's, you know, talking to Habib, quite a quite a, uh, a racy back and forth they had on Twitter there. And yeah. and also Dana White coming out and saying, you know, Connor's not the man anymore. Um, this is a very interesting moment, I feel, in his career. Well, he's not the man but anymore. Yeah, that's yeah, it's completely fair to say. And I mean, this this also today, the McLeod released an article that says Connor will be going to Russia for a press conference on Thursday, I believe First it whiskey. is. Um, it's it's it, it's just a bit mad, isn't it? It's a bit all over the place at the moment. Everything seems so frantic, man. It does. No, yeah, I agree with you. And, and you know, let's let's start off with with Dana. What Dana said, and like he isn't the man. The guy hasn't fought, you know, since last October. It's it's a year now. It's it's is it over a year? I think it's just over a year. Um, you know, being in and out of the headlines, different things going on. Um, a lot know, of things going on. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of things going on. Um, you know, he, he's fought what twice since 2016 in the cage. For me, man, like you know, the sport moves on, and and he isn't the man. He lost his world title. Um, we talked about the interview we did with Ariel Helwani. There was a big air of desperation in that interview. Um, from me listening to it anyway. That's the way I came across and the way I thought of it. So yeah, when 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 you're you're on Twitter every other day, calling out every other lightweight in the roster and not committing to a fight, it's very very easy to talk shit in social media and not actually engage in something. And I think this is the way we're going here. Like you know, it's it sort of shit or get off the pot, book a fight. You can't call yourself the man if you're not actively engaging in physical combat in the octagon. That's you know that's the way I look at it. So you know, the sport is moving on, and you know it's either shit or get off the pot at this point for me. I feel like his also his pursuit of Frankie Edgar points to a guy that's slightly out of touch with the game at the moment. Yeah, you know, um, I agree. Like, I mean, with the greatest respect to Frankie, a great fighter, a man who has contested title fights in multiple divisions. 
Champions and maybe even one more. He had made it pretty clear that he was going to 135. Um, for, yeah. for Connor to beat a Frankie Edgar that's 135 bound at lightweight, for me, it's it's not a statement. Um, look, it's mm. a, it, it's a no no mean feat to go in there and beat Frankie Edgar, but I mean, Frankie's from not where the, he Frankie's was... Frankie's not the same fighter he was five years ago. Nowhere near it. Let's be honest about it. But he's that. not even the same size. Like, I mean, yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's 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 just a different situation. Um, completely different situation at the time. There was questions being asked of Conor then that he that he did answer to a certain <laughs> extent after that, beyond that, with the likes of Mendez and stuff like this. But um I just don't I think it's very out of touch to think like the way he put that out there and uh, and you know, you can see the reaction. People aren't really interested, you know? They're they not, really aren't. They're not interested, but I think Connor, and we don't even know where, where Connor's at in, his, in terms of his fighting career, what he's going to bring back in. But I think Connor sees an opportunity there. A smaller guy, as you said, a guy who's, let's be honest, he, he's not the Frankie Edgar he was five years ago, as I just said. And I think Connor sees an opportunity there to go out, make a statement, and somehow translate that as if he's beaten one of the top lightweights in the world and put him back in the frame. Because he badly needs a win in his next fight, I think, regardless, or his stock's going to even drop further, in my opinion. So. It's a crucial moment. I think maybe he's been a little bit more selective in what he wants to do next because I think he feels he can finish Frankie and finish Frankie early. You you would expect that this uh, press conference in Russia is for whiskey, right? Because he did uh, tweet there last <laughs> week that uh, that um, the the great proper 12 is coming to Russian shores. So uh, do, you, do you reckon that's what that is, yeah? Of course it is. What else is it? Because it's a total marketing ploy and I'm sure it'll piss off. Um, Habib as well and, and some of his fans and I know Connor has a lot of fans in Russia as well in, in fairness um, so it's going to be an interesting one I, I'm very intrigued to see what the reception is going to be like um, but yeah listen he's he, he's going to stir shit he's going to try and stir shit with Habib but you know he's not getting that fight next so I think we forget about that from um, from uh, Connor will go to Habib I also wanted to bring this up to you what about that news uh, from our fr- friend Dennis at RT um, he put out there last week that Habib had left his own press conference. Yeah. He put on a press conference in Russia and just left um without taking any questions. Yeah. His um his media management isn't the May West at the moment. It's isn't it not like I mean he clearly has taken a massive turn against the media here. Like even from his uh his time when I was in uh, Abu, Abu Dhabi, Dhabi yeah. covering his voice. Have you heard about what happened there at the, the the what was supposed to be his scrum that day? Yeah. Um, I heard that it was he supposed to be for that. And right. then we were we were put into a room and we were told that he was going to do some <laughs> questions with the media. I remember. And so we're all sitting down. It's like a, a press conference situation. Someone from Habib's team looks through the door and sees the setup as in loads of journalists sitting in chairs and his chair up on the stage and said, this isn't a scrum and changes everything at the last second. So Casey has to sprint from the back of the room <laughs> up with the audio film and the camera. It was a, it was a complete mess, yeah. you know. Um, but it feels like he's just making things awkward as he can for the media at the moment and really calling a press conference and then just leaving. I, I think that's really not going to hold him in good stead the next time he does something like that in Russia. Like, will publications be like, let's send people? I think they might be a bit reluctant. Well, these guys, man, and you know, we talk about it the whole time. The amount of fighters that are so unaware of the media's role and how they treat the media and what to get out of the media. And then a fighter goes doing something like that twice. It's not the first time. His press conference that he's called He's thrown up two of his other teammates to speak instead of him last Friday or whenever it was. He leaves the arena. He leaves the building. People are just going to, as you said, we're the ones who put eyes in the sport. You have to respect the media, um, regardless of what some of them say about you, 
There's not, we're not all fucking demons and bad guys. Habib needs to sort that out. Ali Abdelaziz should be sorting that out um, with Habib. I don't think Ali's, you know, done himself any favours with the media over the years either. So maybe that's an issue. I don't know. Um, is someone really advising Habib very well? How to deal with the media? I don't think so, man. And I think it's, um, it's a major, major problem. And he's going to have to short stone some more professionalism and respect um, when it comes to, to dealing with the media because it's... Uh, it's a fucking joke, to be honest. You're walking out of press conferences. Yeah, no, it is. It's very, very weird. It's just strange. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really make all that much sense. But um, it's almost as yeah, if he doesn't want to deal with some of the questions that he knows are going to be thrown his way. And I find that quite immature. You know, it, as a fighter, it's you know, it, it comes with the territory, it comes with the money, it comes with you know, winning world titles. Deal it comes with it. Like a public figure. Exactly. You're a public figure. You exactly. know, that's the reason why you're getting paid so much money, mate. Exactly. Like that's that's why. Um, obviously, I'm all for fighters getting paid way more money yeah, and, and and great money. That's what we all want to see. But I mean, you got you got to play the game here yeah. to a certain extent, mate. Definitely. Um, right. Well, that's uh, that's our talking points done, and we've already done the news. So uh, let's move it on to our first guest of the week. It is Mr. Darren Stewart, who had a huge win over Darren Wynn um, in Boston last weekend on the main card. Uh, Great, great win. There was some controversy surrounding some of the commentary calls by Dominic Cruz during that fight. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about the fact that Darren Wynn had brought uh, Darren's mother into the, the pre-fight amble beforehand. Yeah. And we talked about whether Darren, um, who Darren certainly considers an arrogant man from what he's heard about him, can improve on the back of that performance because, uh, you know, we have seen that in a lot of times. We speak about it nearly every week how a fighter's first loss can also become their biggest learning curve. So uh, lots to talk about with Darren. His first time on the show, and he was absolutely brilliant. So uh, we'll be back in about 15 minutes to talk to you guys some more about UFC Boston. And possibly I might tickle Niall with a question about Bigfoot and Gabriel Gonzaga oh, last off. weekend. So we'll see you very soon. <laughs> Now we are joined by Darren Stewart, a man who put the first blemish on Darren Wynn's record over the weekend, and what a fine performance it was. Darren, how good does this one feel? It must feel extra special given the war of words that ensued ahead of this fight. Yeah, it feels really, really good, man, because he was talking a lot of crap, you know? And, uh, the, the, um, sorry about it, sorry. No, no problem. He lot, yeah, he was talking a lot of crap, in it. So the fact that someone's oh had to go, mine's already gone. Uh, I feel really, really good. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And I mean, when I was speaking to you earlier that week, you pretty much called it exactly how it would go. You were talking about his cardio not being able to hold up against yours and the fact that he's never really fought someone with the same kind of movement. Uh, and you really did showcase that movement in the third round. How happy are you with, with with the performance, given that it seemed to go exactly as you planned? I'm very, very good. I mean, um, I didn't underestimate his wrestling. I mean, I knew he was going to get me down at some point. I mean, the guy's been... I've got to give him credit. The guy's been wrestling since he was five or six years old. Three-time All-American. Unbelievable. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, he's been wrestling one, like, three times champion or whatever it is, like, what he does. So, I knew eventually I was going to get down, but I knew he ain't got a cardio for me. So, and I'm happy that I've showed it. I know for a fact there's no one in the UFC right now that moves like me. Everyone's got cardio. Everyone moves, but everyone is pretty much the same. Or you get a couple of unique people. Like I'm one of the unique people. So I knew, for example, I knew for a fact, sorry, he's not training with no one that moves like me. Mm. And my cardio is off the roof. So it is what it is. That's why I'm so happy about the performance. 
Yes, yeah, and I believe that was something new you had done. You were speaking about it in the lead up to this fight. This was the first time you really had a kind of sports science, etc. Is this is this a relatively new thing in your camp that you've been doing? That's major cardio pushed to the next level. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I never, not that I never was interested into sports science. It's just I never had the links to it. Right. No one reached out to help me. Now people said, "How the hell did I get to UFC without all of this?" Like, you know. <sighs> I'm just I'm, I'm I'm a genetic freak they call me you know, and now I've got sports science involved. Uh, it's game over for people now, and uh, I think I've shown it because, you know, I look better, I feel better as well. Cardio's off the roof, and uh, it's gonna be really really, it's gonna be trouble for people in this division. You know, did what what did it feel like as you're you're standing there and um, you're waiting for the judge's decision to be uh, announced? I mean, are you fully confident you've got the win at that stage, or, or how do you feel as soon as they say split decision? Are you going okay? This could this could go badly for me. You know what? Yeah, right. Like as a fighter, I come to fight, right? So I knew I won the fight, but you know, you know, UFC like a like America wrestling, like the scoring system is shit. So, as a fighter, I knew I won. But if you're looking at takedowns and stuff like that, when as it's like a wrestling, it's like a wrestling America. Like the scoring system is shit. So as a fighter, I knew I won. But I thought, you know what? Split decision. I had a feeling they'll give it to him. Honestly, if you saw, my, if you look at the video carefully, yeah, they said Daron and Darren. That sounds the same. Yes. So when I heard Darren, I was like, oh, Darren win. But then I saw my coaches. I saw my coaches um, jumping. So I was like, oh, yes, I won. If you look at you, you see the video, you watch it back. Because <laughs> like, they said it, yeah, my arm went up, but I made some sort of face first. Right. And then uh, I was like, oh, yes, I won, yes. <laughs> you know? But I watched my fight back. And I think I just... <sighs> he, he got me down, but he didn't do nothing with it. I was going to ask you about that, um, if you had watched it on the TV, because a lot of European MMA fans, and a lot of fans in general, media members, were pretty annoyed with the way Dominic Cruz called that fight, and the, the fact that oh. he seemed to put so much importance on uh, octagon position, which isn't really prominent in the criteria anymore. It's all about effective striking and grappling, and really, when he got you down, he didn't do much with it. In fact, you were, you were opening him up from the bottom. Uh, uh, that's I'm how people saw at su- home. Yeah, I'm surprised, because Dominic Cruz is a mover. So he should be on my side. Like, you know the way he, he moves and he's always cutting the angles and he strikes. Mm. Like, I'm surprised. There's one point where he got me down was it in the third round. I did a lot of work. He got me down in the third round. I mean, I think Dominic said oh, that fight, that, that takedown could just well, win him the round or some shit. Was it the third round or something? That was, round? yeah. And you had, you had had a lot of success in the striking exchanges. In the third round, first two minutes of the third round, you're nearly stoiling on the guy as far as I was concerned. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how is it that he gets a takedown and it's going to... It can win that round. It's bullshit. It's, it's, I'm glad it's changed. Though. I've been reading some stuff online. Apparently, they're, they're making it more even now, you know. You don't just take someone down and you can win now, you know. They're making it fair. You can win off your back now, you know. But and, was that uh, hard to watch? Like, I mean, when you're, when you're watching it back and you probably have in your mind how, how the fight went and you're kind of looking at it back going, well, you know, they're thinking he nicked rounds here and there just from takedowns. No, um, uh, it's, it's nonsense, man. It's, it's nonsense. Like... I won as a fighter, and I threw straps off my back. Like, as a fighter, I won. He took me down. He, he had little bits and bobs of ground and pound or whatever, but he didn't do nothing. Like If you look at Khabib, he does something with it. That's a different story. Yes. You know what I mean? But with, with me, like he didn't really... I was so comfortable on my back, you know? Like I was like, okay, cool, I'm here now. 
Like, there's one point he took me down, yeah, away from the cage, and Cormier was like, oh, Darren Stewart is accepting it, and he's not even trying to get up. You're damn right I'm accepting it. Why am I going to waste my energy to get back up and away from the cage? Like, the cage is not there for me to get up. You guys want me to get up, then take me back down, then get up, then take me back down. That's your I'm, I'm more of an experienced fighter now. I've got better fight IQ. You're damn right I accepted it. I'm laying there and I'm cutting you open. Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> So, but it's the way the commentary is like, oh, he's not trying to do this, he's not trying to do that, you know, all that stuff. Like, it's a joke, man. But to be fair, you know what? Yeah, I thought the commentary would have been worse. It was all right. It was all right. I expected. They said to me, they said some good stuff about, yeah, I'm taking them out, I get back up, and uh, I got the cardio, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not respecting his uh, take that. I give him my back to get up, you know. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's it's um, you know. You said to me before this that you understood Darren's mentality and the fact that you said, when, when I was unbeaten, I felt like that. I felt like nobody could touch me, etc. But I was always yeah, a bit more yeah. humble. But it seems to me, after reading his post online after this fight, that this was a huge wake-up call for him. And that's really what you expected it to be. Is that the kind of um, the, the kind of impression you're getting from it? Like, even from missing weight... Um, you know, a lot of things didn't go his way this week. I mean, do you feel like it will be a wake-up call from this loss? Could be a potentially good thing for his career? Of course it'd be a wake-up call, but then at the end of the day, it's how he takes it. I, I've i been told, and I can see, he's an arrogant person. You're not even making weight. I, I've been told about this, he struggles to make weight. I've been told his attitude. Like, I'm not going to say no name, but some fighters in a hotel were telling me, I'm glad you beat him, you know, because he's an arrogant person, so... It depends how he takes it. Is it a wake-up call? For me, it would be a wake-up call, but not everyone's me. Like I, I, like I said, there's part of me that understands why he is the way he is. Because like he's unbeaten and trains at a top gym, yeah. And I, I never had that. I never had that. I don't train at a top gym. I came, I came to UFC for my gym. Mm. You know, hopefully one day it will be a top gym. But he, he's, he's loud. He's got high people around him. He's unbeaten. But come on, man. Like You've got to be real. Who did you beat? You haven't been in war. This is the difference between me and him. You haven't been in wars, though. You say you've been in the deep end, yeah? You ain't been in no deep end. I cracked you with a right and you backed up. People crack me. I'm not backing up. You know, you haven't been in deep waters. So when I lost my zero, it was a wake-up call for me because I lost an experience. And some people have said I still could have edged that fight because it was my worst night and the guy only beat me by one point. So people were like, yeah, damn, you know, you got a future. You know, you got a future. But him... Everything went downhill for him, like arrogant, uh, losing weight, you know, gassing out, no cardio. Like, but I don't want to sit there and badmouth him because, like I said, the difference between me and him is that I'm a humble person. I respect everyone I fight, and I do wish him all the best, and I hope he learns from it. But if he don't, my life still goes on. So <laughs> <laughs> it's um. It's interesting, like, I mean, obviously, you, you made a point of saying after the fight that, you know, he brought your mother into that, and that's something that we all know uh, doesn't go down very well uh, with people in this, in this neck of the woods. And, I mean, is it, did it feel like, did it feel like it, he came over to you, like, did he come over to you and apologize for what he had said after the fact? Did you have any interaction with him after the, after the fight that would tell you that maybe he was just handing it up for uh, uh, social media, etc.? Uh, no, but before the fight, he had an interview saying, you know what, me and Dan were going back and forward and, uh, you know, I hope we can be friends after this fight, blah, blah, blah. So I already knew from then, if you were serious about your cussing, why didn't you be friends afterwards? So, 
like I already knew like you was kind of mentally weak. You were just doing it for show. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, that like, where I came from, you know, where I come from is that like, you have to be good at two things, in it, fighting and cussing in school. So to me, it's banter. Like it did get my mum involved. I didn't take it hundred percent personal because I'm used to banter anyway. But it just it just wasn't the energy. Like any other fighter might say, I might be I might be okay. But but from him, from what I'm hearing about Moretti and you know. When it came from him, it just didn't feel right. So I thought, okay, cool. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go um, beat you up in a hotel, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I want to remain humble. I'll see you in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I made sure, I made sure he paid for it. I cut him open. Do you know what I mean? Now yeah. you don't, you don't talk about people's mums. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You don't do that. So uh, yeah, he just talk a lot of nonsense. I think it was just for hype because, like I said in the interview, he said we could be friends afterwards. What do you mean? Like we, were, we were cussing each other back and forth. I love the cussing match. Like I'm not a fighter, just sit there and take it. I can give it back to you. It blew up online. Then he went ghost for like two, two, two weeks. I'm in, I'm in flipping, I'm in a Lanzarote. You know I mean, getting a sun and like getting blacker than I am. Yeah. And uh, I, I see a message saying, hey, peanut head, I'm back now. Uh, let's get this fight cracking. They're like trying to cuss me again. I'm thinking from there, I just thought you're not serious. If you're serious, we would have kept this cussing match going. You took a break to go maybe find some cusses online and then you want to come back and cuss again. So then I stopped. If you check my social media, I didn't get him at all after, for the rest of the camp. I checked his social media yesterday and this guy was grilling me. Like I don't check my fight on social media, innit? But I went on Instagram, yeah, I was like, this guy was grilling me. He's saying, even the hotel, he must have said something like, I'm signing my opponent's death certificate and all this and that. I'm thinking, you're over your head, mate. <laughs> You know what I mean? like, even one one IGTV interview he done, he's like, "Yeah, I'm ready to go, man. I'll fight him now, bro. You can't even make weight. Like, I don't know. It must be American thing. What do you think? It must be American. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. You see me? I'm working in silence. What you see is I'm putting in work. That's what you will see. You don't hear me say, "Yeah, I'm on a spin bike now. I just done ten minutes on a spin bike to spin Darren's head off." Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't do that. Like, I'm in a spin, but I'm getting a work in. Cool. That's it. That's what you need to know. But he's like, this and that. My opponent, I put, what did he say? There's a post he said something like, going to put my opponent on the dark side. And, oh, bro, it's like Batman, bro. Like, relax. Like, but it, it looks joke, bad bro. now, right? Like, obviously, if it's uh, if It looks it's... funny now. It looks really funny now. And, but... and he's getting it. He's getting it online. How did you uh, find kind of being there with Molly? Both of you guys uh, were well-known on the Cage Warriors banner before you went over there. Um, I mean, do you feel like you're kind of repping the UK when you have another fighter there from the from uh, that neck of the woods on the card? Of course, repping the UK. Not only that, it's what UK fighters are repping. Where the hypers UK fighters there. Like, what UK... Tell me a loud UK fighter that's loud like us. Probably Darren Till as well he's loud as well but that's about it like you know there's no one there's no one i mean i'm when i say loud i mean like in this organization ufc yes yes no one's really loud like us like we had it smashing we had the same we had our own change room together we had the music up loud officials are walking past bopping to our music and that like we was laughing and like they were like i was like you like that one in it they're like yeah man like uk <laughs> shit the uk shit is dope the uk shit is dope people are bopping their head like we were smashing it like not only do we bring a fight we bring atmosphere you know we bring liveliness do you know what i mean because people take this too serious this fight game too serious i understand you've got to sell yeah but i'm looking to change the game i'm looking to change the game soon because 
for example, I was getting a massage. Yeah, sorry to go off the subject, but I was going to tell you this. I was getting a, a massage, and then the woman was like, oh, I hope that's not your opponent. I said, bro, bring him in here. What do you mean? Like, I don't understand. It's not serious, like, because if he's my opponent, so what? He can sit there while I'm getting a massage. It's not personal, because I want to see you on the night anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're in a hotel with each other all week, eating breakfast with each other, yeah? And then all of a sudden, when it's fight, when it's weighing day or fight day, you want to get our separate buses, you know? I mean, in case we fight each other. But hold on, we're in a hotel, we're in a sauna with each other. Like, I just think people take this sport too seriously. And that's why people love me and Molly, because ignore that shit. Like, I see you here, I see you tomorrow. It is what it is. When I see you in a cage, that's going to be like that. So why am I changing my attitude? Let's be happy, enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's, it's too, because you're going to fight, you're going to fight, you cast, you fight, yeah, and you shake hands, yeah, right? Darren was cussing me, my mum, this and that, blah, 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 blah. We fall, he shook my hand after, done. So, and the fans are just stupid anyway to fall for this stuff. I understand it sells, <laughs> but it's just crazy. Like, it, honestly, man, like, how are you falling for it? They're, oh my God, they're going to kill each other, but they're hugging each other afterwards. Like, I don't know, man. I don't, like I said, maybe. It makes I'm a lot of sense what you're saying. Different. Yeah, maybe I'm different. Me and Molly are different. I don't know what it is, what, what people think, but I'm having to change the game soon. Like Khabib said, it's all about respect, man. You know what I mean? It's all about respect. Did you We're get something you from Molly like when you saw her win? Like Obviously, that was earlier in the night. Did you, did you take something from that when you saw her go out there and win? Does that give you a bit of a buzz backstage when you see a person? Kind of, it was a sticky one because when she was on, I was warming up, right? Yes. And then, yeah, I did, but then I went straight into my zones. I didn't really clock it too tough. Like, I think she won, but I was really warming up. Yes. And uh, it was just, it was a quick one. It wasn't like, I stood there like, yeah, yeah, Molly, well done. I was in my zone. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? There was only Even one fight between out. you guys, right? There was that quick submission. Yeah, one, yeah, one fight, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So when that fight was happening, I was really in the zone. I mean, I walked out, heard her saying, let's go, Darren, let's go, lad, let's go, lad. Uh, and that's about it. But afterwards, yeah, definitely, we, we uh, it, it was great. But at the time, her winning, I didn't really see it too tough. I was in my zone. Yes. But I'm happy at the end of the day, you know, the dust has settled now. We've won, we've done it now. People know what it is. We're not here to mess about. And at the same time, we're not here to mess about in the cage. And outside the cage, we're here to have fun as well, which is what's important. That's, that's important. a great message, man. And and I believe you're, you're targeting London next, right, in March. That's where you, you, you probably feel as though you deserve a big opponent, right, after taking on this U.S. prospect. You've, you've fought a lot of guys across I- in the U.S. Do you feel like it's it's time to give you a, a good spot on these U.K. cards? Of course it is time to give me a, uh, a spot. But then again, who am, who am I like? I mean, to you guys, yeah, I'm someone, but to them, like, they don't care. Like, I call people out. I tried a little call-out business. I didn't get that. And then Darren calls me out. He gets it. And then I was on a, I was on a UK card, yeah? And then they took me off it and then put me back on it. Like, so I want to fight in London, but if, if I don't get it, it's not the end of the world. I'm just putting it out that I want to. Would I get it or not? I don't know, you know? they put that, It's like they want me to go to the U.S., to try and break me down mentally, but it's not happening. If anything, you're making me stronger. You are making me stronger going in the car. I don't mind hostile territory. But I said, if I don't get um, London, I want somewhere different. I want to sightsee. You know, I want to I go. I said, even South America. South America or China or Shanghai or something. Do you know what I mean? Something different if I don't get London. I'm tired of America now, man. <laughs> But Darren, thank you so much. This has been an amazing, amazing interview for me. Thank you so much uh, for giving us so much after just getting home. Um, 
Thank you so That's much. That's what I do. I talk a lot, man. That's what I do. When I get in the zone, I just keep talking. Fantastically and entertaining, though, I have to say. Brilliant. I'm, I'm, uh, it's great to finally have you on the podcast, and I'm sure um, we'll have you back on whenever whenever you want to get on again, because this has been very entertaining, yeah, my yeah. friend. <laughs> whenever you're ready. Whenever you're ready. All right. Well, congratulations. You enjoy the celebrations, my friend. Will do, man. Nice speaking to you. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And now, after speaking to one of the stars of UFC Boston, we get to look back on all the things that happened at UFC Boston and all that kind of fun stuff. Are you happy about that now? Deadly, can't wait. Soon. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Weidman. Um, Dana White says he needs to have a serious conversation with Chris Weidman about his career on the back of that um, two-minute beatdown, really, he suffered at the hands of uh, Dominic Reyes. Um, do you agree? Do you think that Chris needs to weigh up yeah. some things at this stage? Yeah, I think we even said it before this fight last weekend. I think he's taken some big, big knockouts now in his career. And, um, you know, he, you know, Reyes made bloody short work of him on Saturday night there. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to see him seriously have a think about what he's going to do next. Um, seems pretty happy to stay around from some of his social media posts the last couple of days since the fight. So, you know, I'm not sure where he goes. But, yeah, I hope Dana White does have that conversation with him, Peter. Uh, Dominic Reyes, has he done enough? Like, I mean, on paper, you would have thought that would have been the best way he possibly could have went about this, getting a quick finish of a former champion. But i got to say, I really don't feel like the buzz has uh, blown me off my feet since since Friday night, you know? I don't know if he's he's done enough to win that John Jones lottery. I agree, I agree. And I think it it does go back to the the Vulcan-Ozdemir fight. I think people are maybe realising that Chris Weidman isn't the power he, he once was. So, you know, I like to see him get in there um, you know, once more, maybe um, uh, against um, you know someone, maybe a little bit more towards the top of the division, and like you know, I, I don't know. I think there's, there's there's problems in this division with obviously the lack of talent we we often talk about. Um, so you know, one more for me. I'm not sure against who. What about Jan Blakovic if he gets through yeah. Thiago? Uh, I mean, sorry, Jacare Santos. Yeah, Jacare yeah, I, Santos. yeah. I'd be happy with that. I, I really would. Um, and I, and I think Jan has a good chance of getting through Jacare. Another guy who's maybe, um, you know, coming on the downward spiral um, towards the end of his career. And, you know, I do expect Jan to, to, to win that fight. Um, just going on, obviously, Jack Ray's last number of uh, performances. But, yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to see that fight. I, I do like that matchup. And I think if he was to face the winner of that and beat the winner of that, you know, you, you can't deny the guy then. But I think one more test, definitely, because that sort of Vulcan Ozdemir fight sticks out for me where, you know, I had that fight scored for Vulcan in, uh, in London. Yes, yes. Uh, Yari Rodriguez uh, probably didn't put his best foot forward in Mexico City when his fight with Jeremy Stevens was stopped after 15 seconds due to an eye poke, but he certainly looked fantastic going fight. about his work against Stevens in the co-main event. And uh, unbelievable that people thought Stevens was uh, trying to look for a way out of that yeah. first fight after what he displayed. Yeah, I was pissed off about that one when, when people started tweeting about that. We know what Jeremy Stevens is. He's a warrior. He's a 33-fight UFC veteran, um, a guy who always brings it. And we saw that on Saturday night. Night. obviously came up short but you know what a back and forth war um, both guys putting everything on the line I would have loved to see that fight five rounds this is what really sort of frustrates me Pete I've been going on about mm. it again lately you know that fight was five rounds two weeks ago and um, why is it not five rounds on Saturday night in the co-main event spot title ramifications there too it makes sense absolutely something needs to, to change in, in 2020 um, when we're talking about um, some co-main events uh, gone over five rounds Greg Hardy, another embarrassing night at the office for him. I mean, do we really want to be in this business anymore? I mean, it's disqualifications. Um, 
inhaler gate now. Um, How stupider is corner though as well? Yeah, oh no, like there's so many people to blame. The commission to blame, who are in the the cage, Hardy to blame, obviously himself, and Din Thomas, like one of the most experienced yeah, coaches in shocked. the game. Like these guys are all are all to blame. Shocked, man. And I was just the minute I even heard it, I was like, What? Is this guy really think he can take an inhaler between rounds? Total stupidity, man. You know, I don't know what to think of this and you know, it, it seems to be problem after problem with Greg Hardy. We saw the you know, obviously the disqualification a couple of fights back, um, had a pretty better performance last time out and then we see this on Saturday night like well, you know what is the guy doing what are his corner doing what are the commission doing total fucking mess and um, yeah I'm getting a bit sick of him now to be honest with you uh, yeah, you know I've, yeah. tr- I've tried to give him um, the benefit of the doubt and now I'm just sort of going Jesus this guy's digging more holes for himself um, than he is opening so man I don't know I don't know what you what you say about this whole uh, situation just a mess from start to finish all right, but he's already messed up his yeah. UFC run, yeah. okay? Like that's like it's not it's not going to be clean. Um, no matter what happens from now on out, we're going to be talking about that inhaler. We're going to be talking about you know the disqualification yeah. where he just seemed to not even know the fucking rules of the sport. And now like now like I mean at this stage that's what I was saying. Like put him in there with Cyril Gan. He he he. The only thing he's going to do now is let another person grow off of him. Why not pick someone like Gan who is looks like a huge star? Yeah. What about Brad, uh, Brad Warren's shout? Put Aspinall in there against uh, Hardy I, for his debut. I'm up I mean, for, I'm up for that. But why not? Yeah, I mean, like at this stage, you got to use him to to pick someone else up, right? Like, I yeah. mean, it just it's not working for Greg Hardy. This this has not been a success it's at not, all. It's not working, and I'm sure Dana White is getting pissed off with this uh, scenario as well. I can't believe that Dana White would be happy with his corner, especially, um, and him um, having this happen yet again, where a, a fight's just been a been a, another mess. So. Yeah, maybe they might throw him out and, and maybe teach him a lesson uh, against one of those guys. And listen, Cyril Gagne, I think, would make light work of him. And I believe Tom Aspinall would make light work of him as well. So, um, yeah, why not do it? It's got to a point now where it's becoming sort of untenable. Um, you know, I, I want to see that shit happen. So, yeah, <laughs> Cyril Gagne, <laughs> do it. Um, a fantastic win for Joe Lozon. Absolutely brilliant. Um, a man who... Doesn't quite embrace the emotions as we found out in his post fight uh, yeah, speech, but um, he absolutely smoked Jonathan Pierce. Uh, it was a violent, violent finish with that half Nelson. Really, really amazing. Is a new star born in Macy Barber? And uh, no, yeah. you were tweeting a lot about this over the weekend. I was, yeah, even before the fight. And I think, you know, the shit talk we've heard from her and, and nine times out of ten, she's backed it up. And I think there's been a, a new set of eyes on her this week with how well she handled herself. I think with her media duties, especially, I was very impressed with the way she was selling the fight and talking shit about probably half the division um, in the build-up to the fight. And, and, and she backed it up, man. Like you, you can't really question anything she's done here. She's felt as though in her career she needed to make changes. She made those changes. And I think it you know, reflected on, on Friday night. And I think you know, people were calling this fight um, for a certain degree. It was an early stoppage, but it wasn't. You could see Gillian Robertson um, not even complain after the referee jumped in and stopped. There was some vicious elbows being landed by her. She's doing everything she's saying she's going to do, and she's backing it up. So I love this Paige Van Zandt fight. I think the call-out was brilliant as well. Um, she's making no bounds about it that she wants Paige. And, uh, you know, I think she said something about her Instagram followers at the end of the fight. Is always she class, said she's going to ruin her Instagram career. That's what she said. Yeah, listen, man, we need eyes in the sport. We need fighters like this. I don't care if people hate these guys. We need guys like this to generate more of an interest. One way or the other, right? Exactly. It doesn't matter. 
it exactly. doesn't matter what you feel once you feel it something exactly basically. and people are talking she's like the Colby Covington to a certain degree of the um, you know women's mixed martial arts at the moment she's making a big big name for herself man a lot of people are talking about her after this weekend and uh, you know I was thoroughly impressed with her performance as well I can't I can't, uh, can't stress that enough really really impressive stuff from her and I'd love to see that Van Zandt fight make it yeah yeah now I was obviously very impressed with Darren Stewart we spoke to him earlier Probably the biggest win of his career, considering Darren wins um, just his hype, his unbeaten nature before going into the fight. And and they talked a lot in the lead-up to the fight as well, so they did really well. Um, also from the UK, Molly McCann, what a performance. Yeah. I felt like, you know, a difficult first round, fairly competitive, and then she just uh, she just manages to kick into another gear if she feels like she's losing around. I feel. She did, and, you know, I think it's the cardio again um, with Molly. Just looks so impressive, man. The, the longer the fight went on, and you know, Molly always starts badly. We always say that, and she did again to a certain degree on uh, on Saturday night there. Obviously with the the, the fence grab as well um, from the Romanian. But uh, you know, Molly's getting better and better. I think every time we see her, and I'm uh, I, I I think they need to do something with Molly now as well. Maybe a, a level jump. Um, in opponent, obviously the Lipsky win last time out as well. So Molly is going place. So she's steadily becoming more comfortable in there. I think the nerves really got her on her UFC debut. But great to see Molly put on a performance like that, and great for UK mixed martial arts at the moment. We're falling way behind here in Ireland in terms of our UFC uh, stars, and there'd be great to have one or two more. But yeah, listen, Molly was great. Looked great. Delighted for her. great performance. Yeah, other than that, um, I guess Sean Brady. We had him on as a guest last week. Uh, big win in fairness against Court McGee. Court McGee. A well-known uh, name inside the UFC, so I mean, it, it, it as we spoke about last week, it was a, a tough ass straight off the bat. And um, were you impressed with what you saw with Sean? Yeah, no, it was a it was a well-rounded performance. Obviously, um, you know, hurt court badly at one point, and I think maybe um, I, I saw the uh, post-fight interview afterwards, and, and Sean said. Um, it was probably the right thing to do was not to over elaborate and uh, jump on for the finish because he was uh, he was cautious on his debut. So I'm sure that'll go with nerves um, as he gets one or two fights into his UFC tenure. But yeah, listen to 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 get a victory over a guy like Court McGee um, is no mean feat. So yeah, good debut for the uh, Philadelphian Irishman. So uh, yeah, good stuff from Sean. Yeah, we'll definitely take them. As we said last oh, week, yeah. we may Thanks. as well. Uh, we definitely need as many bodies as we can possibly get. Um, yeah, I just also thought I'd mention, um, I believe, isn't it? Sean Woodson, right? Uh, the sniper. He he was an undefeated fighter who also made his debut that night. Uh, didn't get the finish over Kyle Bockniak, but yeah. looked really good, really exciting. I, I felt a uh, really tall guy for that uh, weight division as well. So looking forward to seeing him again. Um, just wanted to... Uh, Get your feelings on Bigfoot and Gonzaga because the the video Ugh. went viral. But I mean, this guy shouldn't be fighting anywhere. I know it's. Uh, it's I jo- mean, Jesus it's a joke. Christ! Like, uh, how long are we going to keep talking about this? Like, you know, it's just hard to watch. He shouldn't be fighting anywhere. He should be retired. Um, you know, oh man, I, I don't even know what to say about this. It's just, it just makes me feel very uncomfortable. Uh, BKB in general makes me feel very uncomfortable. And I'm just not. But it's something. way worse, right? Like when when it's, yeah. it's not just the sport. It's a, it's a guy who who has ba- been effectively finished in, like in his last seven fights. fights or some shit is going to fight bare knuckle. I mean, where's the conscience of this promoter? Like you like, know, again, the promoter, his team, whoever's you know backing him, um, absolutely crazy. Um, you know, clutching to the very finest of straws here, and 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 these promoters. 
You know, I think we've talked about this guy at BKB before, you know, when he came in to the uh, the ring um, a number of events back and, and said, you know, this this wasn't good enough. You're going to get some money taken away because he didn't like the way the fight was panned out. That's the kind horrific. of... That's the kind of that idiots horrific. you're fucking dealing with here. And, you know, they will never get my money. I'll never tune in. I'll never um, willingly promote this myself. I know we have to talk about it, but it's something that really doesn't sit well with me. And as you said there, Petey, um to um, bring guys in who've obviously experienced a lot of head trauma in um, prior fights by, you know, getting finished. It just doesn't sit well with me. And I think we're knocking on the door of something very serious going to happen in the realms of the mixed martial arts world. Um, Not mixed martial arts, sort of say bare knuckle boxing world when when, when things like this um, are taking place. And, And we've had a lot of, you know, incidents recently. And I think it's the last thing the combat sports world needs at the moment. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, very hard to watch that, I must say, uh, when I saw it popping yeah. up over the weekend. But um, let's get on to our second interview of the day. It is a man that we have not seen in action for over a year, uh, Mr. Emil Mech. Um, a man who really came into the UFC um, like a shock of lightning after that uh, Rosemar Paul Harris shock win. And, um, you know... He, he, he details a horrible year of injuries uh, with his elbow, and he just basically is looking to get back in there in 2020, and he's picking a fight with none other than Diego Sanchez. <laughs> so um, great great to speak to Emil. He's always great crack, and um, great to hear that he's going to be fighting again. So we'll leave you with this, and we'll be back in about 15 minutes. And for the first time, we are finally joined by the Viking himself, Mr. Emil Mick, who we haven't seen in action since... The summer of last year, where he took on Bartos Fabinski, um, there was a, a there was a, a belt confirmed for uh, Emil in April of this year, but unfortunately, it, it never came to be due to injuries he suffered. But maybe Emil, you could shed a bit more light on that. Where have you been, my friend? The 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 landscape yeah. has not been as exciting without you, my friend. <laughs> my man, thanks for thanks for saying that. It means a lot. You know, 2019 just. Uh... Just been a shit storm with injuries after injuries, just a string of fucking bullshit, wow. and um, and now finally we are starting to to get a control of it, to get a hang of it, and uh, you know the UFC been cool to me. It's uh, they've been so good and uh, be giving me the time to recuperate, recover, to be 100% again. So the, when the, the fight comes, it will be worth worth the wait. Yes, um, you, you spoke about 2019 being a nightmare. I mean, can you give us some detail on the injuries? I believe uh, I was sent an article a couple of months ago with something to do with your elbow. Um, I think it was from a, a Norwegian publication or, or certainly a Scandinavian publication. And it was uh, yeah. it, it was meant to be a very, very serious problem you had with your elbow, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, we had uh, I had a surgery in my left uh, elbow. I... Uh, dislocated my left shoulder after the Fabinski fight. I, you know, ha- have a <laughs> string of string of muscle strains and, uh, and and stuff like that. So it's just been it's just been crazy, man. It's, it's like they say, like misfortune uh, never comes uh, singly, and uh, that's that's just the way it is. But uh, my my amazing rehab team over at Magnat with Lake and Ingvele, they helped me out so much and just been been on top of the world for me uh, to, to get through all this. And now, uh, finally, finally, I'm starting to feel like my energy is, is good again. It's a feeling unstoppable and and uh, a bit, you know, I'm a bit delusional again. So I think that everything in, in this world is possible. And I think you have to be a little bit delusional 
to be successful in this game because uh, no matter where you go and no matter which room you step into, you have to believe that you can beat up every single one of these guys anywhere, at any time, at any given day. So that's how how delusional you have to be to be successful in this game. And uh, <laughs> and I'm starting to feel 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 good about that. So I'm starting to feel a little bit delusional. That feels good. That sound. I never really have that feeling myself, but I'll take your word for it. But <laughs> it, what, was it was it very difficult for you to be on the sidelines? Say, like I know how huge you are in um, in in the Nordic regions, and then obviously with this big card in Copenhagen going, and all the Scandinavian uh, fighters scrambling to be on it. Like you would have been on that card if you were fit. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, was was that a hard one for you to see the buzz being created and then not being able to fight that night? Yeah, it's, it's it's always a nightmare to uh to, to sit on the sideline and watch and and that's also the reason why I didn't go over because I didn't feel like uh, I told my my teammates because when Jack was fighting and and we had some well a lot of people I knew were fighting and I just told them that I didn't feel like I uh, I uh, deserved to be there I I felt like I had to be home had to be working doing my regen doing my rehab uh, doing like doing everything perfectly until I. Until like uh, till I'm back again, and I can deserve to uh, you know have have fun and, and watch watch the fights live and stuff like that. Did you go to see it? Yes. No, that's what I told you. Oh, uh, sorry. Yes, you said I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to go because I wanted to be at home and doing my regen, doing my rehab. So I I didn't feel like I deserved to be be in in Denmark just enjoying the show. You know what I mean? I, I feel like I have to work harder for it. Well, well. Um... Yeah. You know, a, a lot's happened. Um, you know, even in the years since you've gone, um, and a former opponent of yours, Cameron Usman, has become the champion of the division. Um, yes, yes. You know, you had a competitive fight with Cameron. Like, does that give you confidence? Does that motivate you to see a guy that you had locked horns with uh, climbing to the top of the division? Yeah, man, absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I, uh, I remember I saw the fight and I felt like, oh shit, I actually did better than than Woodley. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and that, that's of course it's an amazing, amazing feeling. And uh, but at the same time, I it's good to get uh, um, what's it called? Uh, it's good to get uh, uh, reminded the feeling again. Yeah, the, like the affirmation, the confirmation. Mm-hmm. It's good to get the confirmation that you you actually belong in the in the top. And that's what I've been thinking all along that I belong in the very top but I want to be a top 10 fighter I want to be be knifing with the guys in the top and that's why I'm here that's not I don't know we, we got to the UFC because we wanted to fight with the top dogs not just be a part of it we wanted to be with the very best and and uh, I definitely feel like uh, that's that's still the still the case I just need to uh, do it do it again and uh, and I know that the next time I'll I'll step in and I get my victory. Uh, everything else will be forgotten. Do, are you in any way surprised by Usman uh, being the champion, or did you get the feeling that's where he was headed after you were in there with him? Mm, it's, it's always hard to say, mm. uh, but uh, let's be honest: he hasn't lost a single round in the UFC. Uh, so, <laughs> so I don't know. He he definitely deserves to be the deserves to be where he is now and i uh, called him up and congratulated him after after he got the champion i told him that he he fit he fitted that belt very well so i, I hope hopefully for him he will keep that for a little longer 
Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, when, when you've had such a, a long layoff due to injury, um, I must ask, did you did you go into the, your last fight uh, with Bartos? Did you, were you carrying injuries into that? I know fighters generally are carrying injuries when they go into fights. Was was that a, Would, would yeah. you say that was a, a lesser version of you that, that got into the octagon that night? Yeah, I have to be honest. You know, I don't don't need to be honest, but I want to be honest, and and that's that's probably a fight I should never have t- taken. But I I took it. I fought like a man. I lost like a man, and then I just had to you know suck it up and and uh, and live live on with the result of that for the rest of my life. Uh, so I I didn't want to bitch out. You know, no, no none of us wants to do that. And then um, yeah, I, I had some. I had a lot of issues going into it, but it doesn't matter. I I, I uh, did my choice. I had a fight. I should have beaten him, no matter what. Uh, no matter what kind of injuries I had, I felt like that was a fight. I I, I should have beaten him with one arm on my back, but I didn't do that 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 <laughs> that night. So. That's just the way it is. I know what an amazing uh, competitor you are. Like as you said already in this interview, like from from the very first time I talked to you um, after the Paul Harris win, you you were talking about competing with the best guys in the world. Has it hurt? Yeah, has it hurt you to be sitting on that loss for such a long time because of these injuries? Has that been really wrecking your head, so to speak? Oh yeah, uh, for sure, man. Uh, like I said, like the oh. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing that's that's worse than than this situation. To do, um, to be working and working and not producing anything, no producing of any results, and then uh, being the last thing that will be remembered of you is the last fight you have, and that being that fucking that's that shit fight of me with with Fabinski is is horrible. And uh, but luckily for me, like I hope, hopefully for me, the, my future opponents also think that's that's the version they're gonna get, and they will be very very surprised when I enter the octagon with me again. Yes, um, I've seen now there there is a, a campaign from uh, your side, and I believe you have tweeted that Diego Sanchez has already accepted a fight with you. Um, why why Diego? And I mean, do you feel as though this is on the cusp of happening? Yeah, man. Uh, Diego is is down to throw hands. Uh, I'm not sure. Like he he will probably fight anyone at any time in any weight division. He 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 he's that guy, man. He's such a legend and such a crazy guy. But but I got his attention now. I think it's a good fight for me to make, and it's a good fight for him to make, and I think it's a good fight for the UFC to make. So I think it all of this will make very much sense for us to, to square off. It's a fan favorite from the beginning. Is and, that, um, sorry, go ahead. Hmm? I was just wondering, um, when, when I'm thinking about this fight, I'm, I'm thinking about you and what an entertainer you are. And I'm thinking about you two guys, uh, very violent men being put in a cage together. Do you feel like this is the most dramatic way to uh, kind of reintroduce yourself to the UFC audience? Yeah, man, that that would be the best. That that would be my a fantastic fight for me to to get. And just, um, I know that everybody wants to see me against not a wrestler. And uh, yes, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, I could easily fight wrestlers now. I've been working so hard with uh with with my wrestling and uh all that stuff. But let's be honest, this is this is the funniest part of of fighting. That's two guys just going at it and uh it's a fist fight and and the best man is going to win it and and then the toughest man is going to win it so 
to to for me <laughs> like uh, my my bucket list is is getting shorter and shorter for every time I I compete you know uh, and I think I have like three or four 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 things left and it's of course the UFC belt and uh, being on the Joe Rogan podcast and then uh, having an open workout and then now also go toe to toe with a legend in the in the UFC octagon. Wow. So this is a this is a milestone moment for you. This is a bucket list situation, nearly. Yeah, it is definitely. You know, this is a guy like he he won the Ultimate Fighter season one. That's 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 who it is. You know what I mean? Yes. He's uh, he's such a legend, man. And, and you know, and of course you've been following the sport long, probably longer than I have even. <laughs> but uh, so you know what I'm talking about. But for the for the new guys that you know come with the Conor McGregor era or whatever it was. It's uh, no, that's the kind of guy I want to fight. Like the super legend. Is is there pressure on you going into this fight if they do make this fight? Like, given that you have two losses on the bounce, like, do you feel that? Do you feel like uh, winning is your only option? Uh, th- no matter who your next opponent is. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I I know that the UFC, of course, they they they, they like me and, and we are we are in good terms, but uh, the the sport is about winning and not just uh get the crowd going which is which is good too but um yeah i I need to win this one and i love it i love the feeling that everything is on the line because um that's that's when i perform the best and uh, i feel now more than more than ever that um well this is this is what i want to do and now i had almost you know almost two years or what one and a half year being out of the game knowing how much i miss it knowing how much i miss just you know being being there being in the ufc being present in the in the media with you guys like all this stuff i love it this is my favorite part so uh, so to, to just uh, be able to uh, once again like put everything on the line and just go out there and do my best and that's that's the stuff i really love you you believe that you'll be ready to go by 2020 is that correct you want to do this in yeah, early sure. 2020 is there still some yeah, amount of rehab hopefully. you need to do uh we, we were we are doing everything we can now and, and and everything is going very well and i'm working hard with my team at frontline with the coaches there and uh especially working hard with with my boxing and striking to sharpen up the tools for for Diego and uh um I think 20 in January I, I'll be ready January I'll be ready like to do kick a kick a start this year for the UFC and and be uh, hopefully be active and the entire year have three or four fights that would be the best I really hope it can happen, Emil, and, and thank you so Thanks, much sir. for getting on to uh, speak with us. We've missed you. Uh, the European fans have been asking for you, and at least we know we can tell them now. 2020 is when we're going to see you back. Yes, sir. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's Brilliant. true. I hope we get this Diego Sanchez fight made. I'm sure a lot of people will be very excited about that, and thank you again, yeah. Emil. It really means a lot I have to me. One of the, I, have, uh, I have definitely one of the best uh, managements in the business with the face-to-face and female on, so... I know he will work his magic to get this this through. <laughs> amazing, amazing, Emil. Great to speak to you again, my friend. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, brother. All the best. Talk to you soon. All right. See you. Bye-bye. 
Great to speak to Emil Mech. Uh, looking forward to seeing him back in 2020 and certainly hope he gets what he is looking for with uh, that Diego Sanchez fight. Um, let's have a look at what's going on this weekend, Noel. It's going to be a busy one, my friend. Too, too much. Um, too much. <laughs> yeah, there is pretty much too much. I will uh, agree with you on that one. Um, so, obviously, Singapore. It's going to be an early start, though, right? That's what that usually means if it's in Asia, right? I We're going to have an early card this weekend because it's, it's uh, Singapore. I think the main card is 10 a.m., if I'm not mistaken. Double-check that uh, if anyone's listening. I think it is the main card starts at 10 a.m. local time here in Ireland. So, yes, it will Amazing. be an early one indeed, yeah, Mr. Carroll. that's quality. That's quality. Damien Moya v. Ben Askren. Um... I don't think this one's going to be a crowd pleaser in the sense of casual audiences, but um, I can see grappling nerds getting very excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not, not excited about it at all. Um, <laughs> in terms um, of a spectacle, I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. Now we've obviously, you know, a jiu-jitsu guy. Obviously, you know, so decorated in Demi and Maya. We've Ben Askren, great wrestler. Um, you know, you'd have, probably have to give the the stand-up advantage to Demi and Maya from what we've we've seen and what we know of Demi and Maya. Over the years, vastly yeah. improved um, on that aspect. Um, ben Askren, you know, as we've sort of said over the years, um, you know, is he really as good as he's been perceived to be over the years? I'm not so sure. And I think um, this can be a very, very interesting stylistic match, but probably not one for the, uh, for forget the pulses, Rays and Beatsy. <laughs> Yes, yes, no, indeed. And uh, Michael Johnson, Stevie Ray should make up for that, though. I do expect I love that to be a, a corker of a fight. I love it, man. When is Michael Johnson ever in a bad fight, in fairness? You know, yeah, that's true. Cracking fight, really solid boxing, good wrestler. We know what Stevie can do as well. You know, let's be honest with Stevie. He's always in either a controversial fight or a really, really good fight. So I'm um, looking forward to that one as well. I'm a little bit surprised Stevie's on the co-main event here. I'm not going to, you know, I like Stevie, good do, but, you know. Bad out. Uh, maybe it's a you know it's a bit of a strange one um, to have that car that fight where where it is. But uh, listen, um, it's a big big fight for Stevie. He's lost three of his last four as well with the promotion. Um, so yeah, listen, I'm, I, I like that one. I probably think that's going to steal the show on on Saturday night, Saturday morning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cyril Gann obviously back against Dontail Amaze. I'm very excited about that. Benil Darius against Frank Camacho, who uh, really had his coming out party there in Stockholm yeah. earlier this year. Uh, so um, really, really, really should be a fun fight there. Muslim Salakov um, is, of course, the Sanda champion who had a vicious knockout there at uh, the Abu Dhabi show yeah. at 242. So I'm looking forward to seeing him take on uh, Lorraine Starpoli. Um, and that's pretty much it. We have uh, Movsar Ivloviev um, undefeated, obviously 11 and 0, uh, 145 taken on Enrique Barzola and uh, Sergei Pavlovich against Maurice Green in the heavyweight division as well. Um, rounding off the European action there is Alexandra Albu yep. who takes on Loma Look Boom Me. Um, I've probably murdered that name, but what are you going to do about it? Look um, Me. Yeah, I think you got it right. Nails. Yeah, why not? Sure. Um, I'm really looking forward to Cage Warriors on um, Saturday night, and probably even more so now because the uh, the event is take the UFC event is on earlier. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's a that's a good move. That's a good thing for Cage Warriors because people will still want that MMA fix later on the day. I imagine you know. Yeah, and I think the fact if you look Joy Herbert as well, you know, statements obviously in his last fight. Um, he is the champ, and I think people are very, very excited to see where this guy can go. You know, he's shown phenomenal resolve in his last couple of fights, and no more so than his last outing when he won that world title. So, listen, Joy's ever improving, and it's a fight I'm very much looking forward to seeing um, as well. And obviously, Dean Truman, uh, 
co-main in there. Some really, really good fights, as usual, from the Cage Warriors crew. Yeah, love Truman v. Charrier. And yeah. again, I have just been blown away by Charrier's fan base. I mean, look at the fucking uh, tweets. Everything they've Crazy. put out about him has been absolutely unbelievable, man. Like, the traction it's getting. Uh, is a huge name in France. And look, he impressed me, uh, especially in his debut against Soren Back when he was drafted in a week's notice. And he gave Back one of the hardest fights of his life. Ong. So, yeah, Ong himself, yes. <laughs> and um, look, there's lots of good fights in this. Brian Boulan v. Chris Moyer, I'd say the winner of that fight will probably go on and uh, fight the newly crowned champ, uh, Cartwright. Yeah. And... Um, you know, Perry Goodwin, a man who fought uh, Reese McKean in right. his last fight at 55. Perry's dropping down to 145, so that should be absolutely insane to He's see him big, that, big that low. He's a big dude at 45, man. That's a good And a fantastic mustache, as we killer. pointed out before. Not as good as my old one, but yeah, it's it's pretty decent. But listen, I'm excited about the French. I think, man, I think next year is going to be mental for France, for French MMA, you know, with the legalization there and... Um, Ooh la la. It's going to be amazing, man. I think we're we're really going to be spoiled by some of the fighters we're going to see on the big show next year. And I think it is going to propel a lot of guys into the UFC. And boom, can't wait for that shit, man. Paris, UFC Paris. Va, How va, good does that sound? Va, va, boom. Va, va, boom. Um, let's, Bellator are putting on two fights back oh. to back on Friday night. <laughs> Friday night. Can we stop doing this? Why? This is a thing we did five years ago. And we're still, Bellator are still doing it. Fucking hell, man. Well, wait, hang on. Are you telling me you're not excited for Frank Mir versus oh, Roy listen, Nelson I'd, too? I'd rather watch Barney and that his other mate scrap each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's oh, fuck me, man. It's just too much. It really is. Like, you know, we're talking about, you know, Gonzaga and Bigfooter, and this isn't too far away from that either. Let, let's be honest about it. Like, come on. Fucking hell. Give me a break, lads. A bit of a baptism of uh, fire for Carlisle Brexton under the Bellator banner, man. <laughs> Phil Davis, are you fucking joking me, lads? Take down, <laughs> wrestle, take down, wrestle. Oh, fuck that shit. I mean, Brexton's a good wrestler himself, I know, but I mean, but... Jesus Christ. Like, like, Phil Davis is knocking on the door of a toilet shop. Yeah. Like, you know, he's permanently knocking on the door of a toilet shop. And that's what you're putting the guy against? That is fucking hardcore, it man. Is, that it is, is really hard. It is tough. I feel sorry for the dude. I can't see that working out as well you know Phil is really good man he's just solid and obviously you know he, he's tried against Ryan Bader hasn't got over the line there but you know I'm, I'm looking forward to um to seeing Phil Dave. I'd love to see Phil just evolve a little bit more though do you, do you ever get that feeling he frustrates me sometimes I think yeah yeah um I think yeah yeah no I agree with you yeah I get you some of his fights um certainly haven't set the world yeah, on fire exactly. um some other good fights there Ed Root versus uh Jason Jackson Beck Rawlings taking on uh, Larry Joanne. And, of course, one of our favorites, <laughs> Jack Hager. Oh. Jake Hager, whatever. Jack Swagger, Jack whatever Swagger. his name is. Yeah. yeah, he's actually fighting a guy that's in shape this time, so that's that's interesting. Yeah. Now, listen, he, 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 you know, obviously he's a bit wrestling background, amateur wrestling. Um, you know, he wasn't too bad in his last fight. I know he didn't fight anyone. He fought a guy that was, you know, fiercely overweight and... <laughs> And, and just made weight the, the heavyweight limit of 265. So, uh, yeah, I, I hopefully he'll get a, a better test this time. But um, who fucking knows, to be honest, you mate? Who knows? I'm looking at, looking at topology here, and it looks like his opponent, Anthony Garrett, has testicles implanted in his shoulders. He, I don't know if you're he looking does. At that, that, that picture is absolutely horrific. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like he's something oh, grown really? out of his fucking... His his, uh, his fucking pressure points on his, on his shoulders there. It's pretty disgusting. Needs um, acupuncture or something there, man. That's yeah. fucking rotten. You look a bit swollen but, there, uh, Maybe you should go see a physio. <laughs> you, need to get, you need to get rubbed down, mate. I think he got stoned by a bee, Pete. What do you reckon? 
<laughs> mosquito <laughs> bite. <laughs> also, from a European perspective, big up to uh, Lucas Pimenta, who I know absolutely nothing about, who's taking on Tim Caron. Come on, Portugal, you can do it. Um, let's move on to the next card. Uh, Rory McDonald v. Uh, Lima 2. I feel like this is going to be a very different fight. I am definitely favouring... Uh, Douglas Lima going into this one. How do you feel about that? Agreed. Um, I think what we saw from Lima, um, obviously last time out, you know, really impressive. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked about this from Rory, man. Like, there's just something lacking there with Rory at the moment and his last number of fights. Real sort of motivation. And I think when a fighter uh, starts questioning that, whether, you know, he's fully committed to it anymore, I think he's found God as well, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know... Ooh. It just really sort of seems to me as, you know, does Rory really want it anymore? I'm not so sure. He's been around since he was, what, 15 years of age, fighting pro, 16, whatever it was. So, you know, I just think Rory's run out of gas here, run out of steam, run out of competitive desire to really compete at the top level. I think Douglas Lima, um, from what we've seen of him in the last number of fights, is a guy who's really sort of building some momentum here. And, you know, that win over Michael Venom Page and uh, Andrei Karshikov as well, obviously a former champion. Um is real momentum, and I think, you know, he might well avenge that loss to Rory McDonald um, back, I think it was 18 months ago, whenever it was, and I think we're going to see a very, very different performance here, and I think momentum is, is, is key, and I, I do actually fancy Douglas Lima to potentially even finish this fight, man. I do. Well, there's the, in the co-main event, it's the reason why we didn't get Paul Daly v. Roberto Saldic. Yeah. It's Paul Daly v. Saba Hamasi. There you go. Yeah. Um, Chris Lencioni, a man who's called out James Gallagher. Not that that's a big thing. You could just literally throw a stick anywhere near Bellator and you're going to hit a few lads who have called out yeah. James Gallagher. But um, <laughs> Ruben Van Roosmoyle, the kickboxer, at 145. So that would be a big win if he was to get that. Nick Newell back in action against yeah. Manny Morrow. Uh, Vitaly Minikoff, a guy who I'm very fond of, taking on Javier Ayala. And uh, Patrick Mix, a man who submitted Ricky Bandejas, sharpest, will take on Isaiah Chapman. So uh, I think that's probably the better of the two cards, I'm going to be honest. Easily, man. Easily. As you said there, (laughs) you know, Patrick Mix, we were really impressed with his last um, outing. Vitaly Minikov, who's um, obviously been around I feel like they have the right amount of number of fights on this card. Usually they have about 70 million fights, and like this feels like a shorter one than their usual 20-odd fight efforts, you know? They do, but it's not full of uh, dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I like. like. it's a better card outside of the obvious uh, Frank Mir v. Roy Nelson oh, yeah. too, which I, mean, I know you're yeah. staying up really late to watch. Oh yeah, I'll be up all night. Will not. Um, much better <laughs> fight card. There's a there's a mix of, of of young talent guys we know, and um, you know it's good to see that they're finally sort of maybe fucking copping on and and, and giving a few of these guys a, a, a platform. Um, they're up and coming guys. So yeah, and listen, I'm looking forward to this one, and I'm I'm very excited about Patrick Mix. Very excited. Well, that's the end of our fighting. Let's uh, make way for some talking <sighs> brown, as we like to do at the end of these shows. Um, will I start off with my uh, near mugging experience on Wednesday? Yeah, what happened? Who did you? Who did you? Like, I, I, I've obviously heard your side of the story. I've, I've reached out to a few sources. I can't confirm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, what the fuck happened, man? You were in in, a, in bad way. I was worried about you when I saw that uh, that tweet. I got straight onto you on WhatsApp. Your uh, your face took some pasting. Yeah, it did, yeah. That's like not the first time this has happened either. And actually not the first time it's actually happened in the exact area that it happened the other night. Um, oh, yeah, some bad news early Wednesday. It was my first day off in a few weeks. So I uh, I went down. I meet my friend for some early points uh, on my way home then at about, uh, you know, we don't know what time it was. <laughs> you know, we're on our way home anyway. I was listening to music, had the headphones on, walking down an alley. And then... Um, 
got a just as I'm walking, so I can see there's no one around me. Next of all, just bang, I'm on the deck. I uh, got a smack of something on the the right hand side. You'll see the picture. The the big area there is, is is the initial here where someone just smacked me with something probably, or else it was a ring. Um, and then How many of the monster? Do you remember? I think there was there was like three or four. Um, not too sure on that to be honest, because like I basically I'm aware I'm in a situation. Then as I hit the ground and these lads are kicking me, you know, so I'm getting kicked in the face a few times. Like my chin is the sorest part actually. I got I just got booted right in the fucking oh, mouth. Jesus. So that was sore. So um, we can confirm face- it. We can confirm it wasn't a lane then. <laughs> not okay. this time. Right. Okay. But uh, we got ba- I got back to my feet uh, while I'm getting booted around and stuff. And then like I, I threw punches, but I don't know if I even hit anyone because my hands are in good nick. Like there's nothing wrong with my hands, so I, I probably missed on every fucking punch I threw. Yeah, man, but, it's, um, it's not nice. It's not nice. But, it's happened to me a few but times. I, but I managed to get free. Then I felt like someone was holding on to me. I didn't really know what was going on. Uh, I got free from them, and I just ran across the road, and it was all over uh, very quickly. But, um, yeah, obviously, I just uh, wanted to get the fuck out of Dodge because the last time that happened, uh, the guys had knives on them. I actually got slashed behind the ear. Jesus. And um, that was about six years ago. So, I mean, I, I feel like they were just trying to get my headphones, those big stupid uh, Beats by Dre that I wear. So I probably shouldn't wear them um, at night time in dodgy areas again. Yeah. So a bit my fault on that one. Um but, uh, yeah, you know, no harm, no foul. I kept everything. They didn't get anything off me. Um, obviously, my face took a bit of a pasting. But, uh, as I said, last time with the knives and stuff like that, uh, that yeah, was a really off. traumatic one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was glad. And even, like, you know, that's that that was it. I actually feel really good the next day after it rather than feeling bad. Like, I remember when I got robbed that last time with the knives and stuff. It feels horrible when they get something off you, you know what I mean? But I even came back with my fucking curry. After this one, so oh, fuck them. Terrible at what they try to do. Be better the next time, you fucking idiots. Yeah, no, I've um, said this. We've talked about it as well. Dublin's turned into an awful shit hole, man. You know, all over the place. This is stuff going on in you know in, in town. Sort of, it sort of escalated even from, from where it was ten years ago. It's just getting, yeah, it's, it's just getting it's disgusting, crazy, man. man. It's getting disgusting. It, it really is. It's you know, I don't feel safe in Dublin anymore. You know, some areas yeah. you walk into, and you know, years ago you'd feel grand, you wouldn't be watered, but. You know, and I compare it to other cities I go to. It was obviously, you know, in Palma a few weeks ago. Felt safe as a breeze there. You know, Porto a few, uh, few months ago as well. And you, f- you feel safe. You know, Prague. You never feel really as much intimidated as you do. I think in certain parts of Dublin, it's it's a shame. It really is a shame. These fucking scumbags, man, it pisses but me man, off. I I won't change a thing about what happened because of what happened there. Like I'm walking down that same street yeah. the next night with them fucking headphones on me. Like I mean, the, the only reason why these guys came near me is because they thought they 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 blindsided me like they yeah, did. They yeah. saw that I was probably uh, had a few on me. Uh, it looked like an easy target. And as soon as I stood back up, they were gone. Like I mean, they're they're absolute yeah. cowards. Cowards. So um, I mean, the last I remember like Brian was on to me. He's like, oh, did you did you get the report to the guards? And I was like, dude, last time I got slashed on the it's back no of the points. fucking head, and they didn't take a report. Yeah. Like this, what is the what is the situation here? I got a few punches. Like yeah. they don't give a shit about that, man. <laughs> they, they literally don't give a. Fuck. Yeah, you're wait, you're 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 wasting your time in in many cases. Um, you know, reaching out to the guardy. Um, because yeah, I lost said, a lot of respect you know. for the guardy uh, after that last incident. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I really did. Like, no, I mean, no, yeah, no. You know, I've, I've I've dealt with them as well over over the years, and yeah, yeah, I I sort of definitely agree with you on that one. Definitely. Um, on to a more positive note. Them guys, New Zealand, are really good at rugby, aren't they? My word. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Was that frustrating for you to watch? Because it was frustrating for me to yeah. watch, and I don't even give a shit about it. You Listen, know? the game was over after 20 minutes. It really was as simple as that. Ireland were crap. New Zealand were excellent. 
And I think it was a mixture of that. Ireland had to be playing at 100%. And there was so many little silly errors. And I think the really impressive thing with New Zealand is if you make a little error, they'll expose you and they'll punish you. And that's exactly what they did. Ireland were poor, but New Zealand were just clinical, fantastic. Pace of their game is, is unbelievable. And sometimes it doesn't come across on TV. Like I've played rugby down there um, for a number of months when I was younger. And it's just even the two games from... The style of game we play here to the style of game they play there. It's rook, recycle, rook, recycle, ball out, ball out. It's just such a, a quick, fast, epic, heart-wrenching, physical game they play. And I think, you know, there's going to be... Um, listen, I think England might give them a go because England is so physical. But I, I, I can't really see past New Zealand at the moment. I think that was a phenomenal performance. Hands up, well done. Well done, New Zealand. Ireland were shit, but I think we're looking at the world champions again. Like, like I mean, I are people blowing smoke up our asses? Like, I feel like every time uh, we go to one of these World Cups, everyone's like, "Oh, we're one of the strongest teams in it," and then like, we're shit. Like, you know. So, what is going on there? Is it just getting smoke blown up our asses? Yeah, I think I think so to a certain extent. Yeah, like, man, we we overanalyze everything in this country in terms of rugby reporting. It's it, it, it's quite embarrassing, really. There's all these new terms they make up and you know the breakdown is a big fucking analytical point and it's just a lot of trash talk um a lot of the time and yeah i think you know really we peaked probably a year and a half ago and listen realistically we were never going to win the world cup coming into it i I never really bought into that talk um i thought semi-final at best and ultimately if you look back at it it's probably a failure. And I know Joe Smith, like, he's done a great job, oh, no, obviously. It's definitely a failure. No, there's no, there's no, there's no probably about it. Lost to Japan in the fucking group yeah, stages, do we Yeah, not? the World Cup's been a total failure. Yeah, I think, you know, that, the, you know, when, when Joe came in, I think the ultimate goal was aiming towards this World Cup. And we've, you know, we've got knocked out in a quarter final again. And, you know, you, you have to respect him. He's, you know, won whatever, two grand nation, two uh, championships and one grand slam for Ireland, which is absolutely amazing. But ultimately, I think. You know, the target was the semi-final of the World Cup, and um, you know we we do thank Joe for what he's done for Irish rugby. And but 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 again, you know it's 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 a major major disappointment. And uh, yeah, we we didn't reach uh, probably the ceiling where we would have gone. One have gone, and I think that was at least the semi-final. So yeah, it probably is a failure. And what about all of those fans jumping around as we're getting absolutely throttled out on the field? I didn't like that one bit, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, what is you gone? Yeah, yeah. I was the gone briefly again there, oh, yeah, but yeah. I'm back now. Um, yeah, like I mean, it, it's just so strange to me. I don't, I don't understand it. Like obviously, well, in terms Joe of Smith burying his head. Like I mean, just that that clip. I believe uh, Ewan McKenna tweeted yeah. out. He's like, like, like they've they put the camera on Schmidt, and he's obviously in the crowd there, yeah. and he's he's obviously lamenting this terrible, terrible defeat that he's suffering at the hands mm. of New Zealand. And in the background, people are jumping up and down as if we're winning the World Cup. Like. Yeah, it's fans just all the green them. jerseys and all. It's Yeah, I think it is. It's, it's something maybe with Irish sports. And I think, again, we can, you know, it's probably back to the more positive days of Conor McGregor. You know, Conor was sort of, and Roy Keane, I always say this, you know, they're the first guys that said, you know, fuck it. You know, why are we underdogs? Why do we Why do we accept that mentality of, of being an underdog? Um, and I think maybe we've reverted back to that um, with some of our rugby fans because, you know, there is sort of that mentality amongst the Irish sporting fans still that we should be an underdog. And I, I, I can never accept that and I'll never get on board with that. And it was sort of, you know, oh, uh, 
it was sort of celebrating Joe's whole career, not the moment in time. And we should have been very, very upset with what we saw on Saturday because it just wasn't good enough from where we've been and the pinnacles we've seen from this team. Disappointing stuff. And uh, I don't really get that mentality, Pizzi, at all. Good, because I don't either. Uh, did did your did your weekend pick up a bit yesterday when uh, United uh, held Liverpool to a draw and it upset their winning run? It did. It was great. You know, I, I wasn't expecting it. Um you know, I was just really excited to see the players actually put in a fucking performance and run. <laughs> That's a t- I was just excited to see the graft, the grit, the willingness, the determination that probably we haven't seen in the last six to seven months. And it was great to see that. And I think they actually probably deserved the win, PT. Uh, obviously, an inexperienced team, a young team, um, probably a team lacking a lot of quality, but... A shy team, would you say? Yeah, probably a shy team. <laughs> but but it, it was. It was encouraging, man. And I think if they put in performances like that and they run like that, they show that desire, they're going to win a lot more games this season. Probably finish outside the top 10 still, in my opinion. But excited. I was just happy to see them play for the shirt again. I think that's the main thing I took from yesterday. And listen, fuck Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate At the them. end of the day, but no, listen, uh, we're, we're unlucky not to get the win. But listen, I would have taken a draw before kickoff, so you know I can't really complain too much. It did; it turned my spirits around a little bit, definitely. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, I'm a Wales fan now, as I promised Jack Shaw I would be after Ireland went out. So I mean, we're doing great. Um, we have our boat, Alex Corbs, though as well. Like it's a bit of a. Do we want to? Support? What is it? Is it England v Wales? No, it's England New Zealand. Right. Who are we playing next? Wales. Us, that's why. Yeah, Wales. That's oh, Wales. Wales. People. Wales are playing South Africa, so I don't. I don't, oh, I, I don't like Wales' chances. I, I do. I think we're gonna fucking throttle them. If I'm gonna be completely honest yeah. about you, just like we did with the French. You know what I mean? I feel like we destroyed them, and we're gonna destroy South Africa, and that's just the way us Welsh people are. Um, I, I but, just um, have a feeling the English are gonna win it. You know that? I, I, no, Wales are gonna win. It. I think. I think they're gonna beat New Zealand. Oh. Yeah, we'll never hear the end of it if they do, but um, I just think they're, oh. gonna, I think they're such a physical team that they're going to be able to grind them out and smother them and suffocate them. I don't know, man. It's worrying. It's worrying times here. Have you been watching Dublin Murders? It's fantastic. No. It's brilliant. Is it you good? You should watch it. I didn't think, yeah, really good. I watched the first two episodes of it there the other night. Really, really good. Yeah, I just want to get out of Ireland. I'm sick of it. I hate it. Yeah. It's crap. Yeah, I'm getting like that myself. Um I think I it's also, just going here's another little bit of news that I saw yesterday that I think you might like. Wow. Uh, do you remember that big deal that uh, Bellator made about signing James Haskell? Well, have they cancelled it? No, they haven't cancelled it, but the fucker is going to be an I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, I think. Ah, here. So he's he's not going to fight for another 12 months? I don't know. I saw Sean uh, Sheehan, our good friend over at Severe MMA there, tweeting about it last night. Jesus. Um, so I was just like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, I mean, you're going to, you're like, you sign for Bellator and then you go on to, oh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Is it a stroke of genius that, like, obviously this guy will become a bigger name than he already is? Well, it could be a good thing um, for Bellator. He could, like, go in there, oh, you know, I'm, f- I'm fighting in Bellator, go on about it the whole time, and people are probably tuning in more. You know? Yeah. Be more people. It could be a good PR stunt. Yeah, actually, Sean has tweeted, Bellator's James Haskell is one of the favorites to do the I'm a Celebrity TV show. Yeah, but the odds makers are always on the inside now. They obviously have a have an yeah, idea who people so. are looking at, so yeah. it's probably likely it's going to happen, right? Yeah, <laughs> probably likely. Um, yeah, but listen, if it puts more eyes on, on Bellator, I suppose it's a good thing, really, isn't it? I guess so, I guess so. But, um, 
yeah, I guess that's everything we have then for this week. Uh, I should be back over on the south side for next week. Um, I just couldn't get the car um, this week. So, I mean, my face will, should be fully recovered for next week anyway. So, at least you'll be able to gaze into my beautiful eyes again. Oh, no. Fuck. Stay over there, will you? <laughs> Fuck you. Don't. Don't want you back over this side. Fucking the floors will be rotten after you leave here. Oh my Jesus! Um, just to let you know, he's want to put a bet on James Haskell. He's at one to two at the moment to be in the house. So, uh, well, yeah, he's going to the house. The jungle. Yeah, he's going. He's definitely going to the fucking thing. But um, yeah, that's the crack anyway, lads. Um, love you loads. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll be back in the same room next week. We should say. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.